Good morning. Welcome to another episode of the Healing Minutes podcast. My name is Amandle and this is a self-love podcast for you, you, you and you. <laughs> I know I've been away, but I'm back now. And today I've got a very interesting episode with a couple of my girls and I hope you enjoy it. Let's get into it. I recently shared an anecdote about my life on a WhatsApp status. It wasn't anything particularly deep, just a short story about a crush I had that was unreciprocated. But after sharing it, it triggered a long train of thoughts about why I felt the need to share that bit of my life with people I knew, but probably not well enough to involve in my love life. It got me thinking about the delicate line that we tiptoe between wanting to be open and relatable while still protecting our spaces and stories. On the show today, I'm diving deep into the reality of vulnerability and how it differs from oversharing. I'm talking to two close friends, Dolly, the qualified chemist turned DJ, and Boaho, a personal trainer in training, to talk about how they navigate this tricky spot. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, Amante. Hi, Dolly. Hi. Welcome to Healing Minutes. Thank you for having us. Um, Dolly, are you there? I am here. Sorry, I just she said what I wanted to say. <laughs> just a simple thank you. <laughs> um, so today we're gonna be talking about um vulnerability versus oversharing. Um, and the reason I wanted to have this discussion with you is because in our own little way, we all have made kind of like a personality or some kind of a brand of being online and talking about things that are going on in our lives. So that's why I wanted to have this conversation with you. And obviously, because you're my friends, I feel like you guys will be a bit more open and vulnerable. <laughs> and maybe overshare. <laughs> and maybe overshare. <laughs> Got it. I'm the queen of All right. So, Baho, I'm starting with you. What do you think yes. is the difference between vulnerability and oversharing? I think oversharing is something that's so subjective, firstly. Because I think of late, I realized that it's usually used like as a silencing technique. Like if you speak about something, more especially like in instances of like maybe abuse, maybe a partner who's not um, contributing in a child's life and you call them out on social media, people will be like, oh, you're oversharing. We didn't need to know about that. And I'm just like, mm. but being vulnerable is putting yourself in a space such that you're open to criticism to judgment, and maybe sometimes to sympathy. I think there's a very fine line between the two, and uh, it really depends on, it's very subjective. It, de- it, 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 it depends on who you are, really. Yeah. Dolly? Yes. Um, I think vulnerability, Boaho, pretty much summed it up. And oversharing to me is telling people information that they genuinely do not need to know like letting them in on a part of your life that they do not need access to 
more so on social media. Um, I I do this often. I do it often. Sometimes it's based on emotion. Sometimes it's just your personality, and people then feel like they have access to you because you overshare. And they feel like they have you, like they have access to you. Yeah, and vulnerability is basically what Bahol said. Yeah. Okay. Well, from my research as I was preparing for this, I kind of picked up on the fact that a lot of um people who overshare do it for a number of reasons, right? So one of the reasons they do it because it stems from uh, a need to overcompensate um, because there's an anxiety around being ignored. And a lot of that comes from like your childhood if you were in a home where as a kid you weren't really invited to sit at the table um, of conversations with the adults. You tend to feel like if you don't insert yourself and and share to make other people feel comfortable, you're going to be ignored. And then the other side of it is oversharing to push people away. Subconsciously, apparently, <laughs> according to the experts, sometimes we overshare to kind of set the bar of connection so high that people feel like ah well i'm not ready to kind of open up to this person in this way so i'd rather not be in conversation with them and we subconsciously push people away by oversharing so with that in light don't you specifically as someone who has just said that you know you're an oversharer um how do you balance between having this brand of openness and sharing your challenges on social media while still protecting your space and protecting yourself from being overexposed? Um, I think with me, it's... I overshare with things that I feel like are not that important. Like, if you go through my social media, you know the basics about me. I'll share a random fact, like a random bodily fact or a random experience that I once had or I'll share about my personal life but not really stating anything. Everybody knows that I hate my job but nobody knows where I work. You know, (laughs) something like that. There has to be a line. (laughs) You have to like set the boundary yourself and decide I want to overshare and I want to tell people this much information about myself but I'm going to keep this a secret and this part of it a secret so that people only know so much and it may feel like okay i'm oversharing but they don't know the important details and in person i'm i think what happens is my personality in person contradicts that on social media because then in person i'm just like hi bye i don't really talk to people like that so i think that's how i maintain a balance so you overshare but you wouldn't necessarily call yourself vulnerable yeah okay that's interesting it makes 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 sense though (laughs) yeah like (laughs) knowing you actually i'm just like "Mm -hmm, yeah yep that sounds like you (laughs) um like we all have that feeling we all have that moment when you've told someone something and you just want to take it all back and And it sucks so much, but you can't do anything about it. So you spend the rest of the day just cringing and just wishing you hadn't said anything. Over the years, have either of you picked up any guidelines that you use to assess whether this is the kind of space or relationship 
that can handle like certain levels of intimacy? Okay, I'll go first. I think the metric that I usually use is that if I tell you something, if we aren't on good terms, what are you going to do with the said information? That's how I judge as to whether or not I'm in a safe space. Like I want to know, in order for me to be vulnerable, I need to know that if we aren't on good terms, that the information I've shared with you is still sacred. I think that's the number one metric I use, one. And two, honestly, I bite my tongue a lot. I just do it literally. <laughs> like, I will bite my tongue. I will want to say something, and I will just bite my tongue, and it, it helps. <laughs> You're definitely that kind of person. Like, Bajo, I'm one of Bajo's closest friends. I know nothing about her life. I know yeah. absolutely nothing. <laughs> And it's always and I think with right when she when she opens up a little bit, you're like, wait, what? Are you trusting me with? <laughs> I think with me, I need to learn to bite my tongue. I think I, as soon as I'm with somebody that I'm comfortable with and somebody that I feel that I trust, I am going to tell you literally everything about my life, everything that's been going on, things that you didn't ask or didn't need to know. As my close friends, that's what I do, and then with oversharing with people that I'm not that close to, maybe my coworkers, I kind of just, I overshare information that isn't important to keep from oversharing important information. Okay, I get that too. <laughs> what, what does that look like on social media though? Like, how do you assess that on social media? Um, I'm really not sure. I'm really, really not sure. I think on social media you have to think before you tweet. I think that's how mm-hmm. I stop myself from oversharing important things. I think before I tweet and then I will just be like, okay, let me just talk about something else or just tweet a million tweets about nothing and then throw in maybe a subtweet about something that actually I'm experiencing or going through and then I go and tweet about other useless things. So it kind of just gets lost in the mess. <laughs> I feel like on social media we're also comforted by the fact that you can just delete the thing like but that's not you... necessarily true in this era of screenshotting though that's what I wanted to say that in this era of like people being able to screenshot your tweets uh, yeah. you can't exactly do that what I'm learning is that vulnerability depends and relies heavily on setting healthy boundaries with yourself and the people around you Constantly oversharing is a red flag for having a lack of boundaries. Examples of these can look like paying attention to the environments we have deep conversations in, having certain topics that we only discuss in therapy and with trained professionals, and lastly, being mindful of that tingling sensation you sometimes get around people who don't feel like a safe space. You know what I mean. For instance, I'm well known for saying I strongly dislike DMCs at group. That's shorthand for deep, meaningful conversations for those who don't know. This is a boundary I've set because even if I'm talking to a very close friend, discussing painful subject matter under the influence of alcohol in a club environment is more likely to leave me feeling overexposed than heard. Um... But okay, what are the benefits then? What have you experienced as the benefits of vulnerability and not not oversharing, like actually opening yourself up to 
to people that you trust? I think one thing that I've noticed is that you you actually don't realize how many people are willing to help you out or how many people actually have your back. Like sometimes, like like if you don't ask for help, sometimes people genuinely can't tell that you are suffering or you need any form of help. Like this facade that you're always good, you're perfect, things are great. Sometimes works against you because people won't offer you anything. Sometimes if you're vulnerable and maybe let's say maybe in my line of work, if I say, ah, oh, this is a bad month, I need clients or stuff like that, you'll realize that people can come forth and help you. Like sometimes you actually receive help from being vulnerable to sometimes people give you the necessary empathy. Like maybe let's say if you follow your sister on social media and you tweet some random things about being too tired, she could cut you some slack and do some of your errands for your chores. So sometimes you actually get help. Yeah. Yeah. And in addition to that, I feel like more so if you have maybe let's say a brand or you need or you have a social media following and you need it for whatever reason to promote your brand or whatever i've come to realize that when you're vulnerable people feel like you're relatable and people Mm -hmm. want to support you in everything that you do because they feel like i relate you know what you know my dear kumbi or whatever and I, I'd, like, I'd love to watch her YouTube channel where she's talking about the challenges of not having cash. You know, and my view I know counts for something and I can help advertise her stuff as well. So it definitely goes in line with what Bach was saying, that they can help you, they can support you, they feel like they can relate to you. And yeah, you, you form like a bond with mm-hmm. your social media followers. So essentially it, it promotes authenticity. Yeah, exactly that. What I was going to say about social media, what Dolly was saying that she chooses what to overshare about. I think it helps like create a brand for yourself. I know to some extent it may seem fake. For example, if I'm going to be a fitness influencer, I could choose to overshare just about my fitness life. If we're keeping it 100, you'll barely find me tweet about anything that's not in relation to going to the gym, exercise, fitness, like you are, you are allowed to close yourself up in certain instances. Maybe you can decide that um, my dating or my sex life or my family life is out of bounds, but I will treat about school. I will treat about work. I will treat about gym. So you can choose to be vulnerable or overshare in certain aspects of your life and still decide that certain aspects of your life are no go area if you get what I'm saying. I get you. Yeah. Um, what are the, the downsides of, of oversharing besides just feeling overexposed and, and, you know, creating an environment where people feel entitled to you? What are some other things that you've experienced as downsides of oversharing? Over familiarity. Thank people you, girl. Like I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> they feel like you're their mate, Lady Choma, Lady Tala. Or they can come at you any which way that they please. There's this misconception that you guys are like that and you're not. You're not. People don't understand there's a line. Like oh, you can't sorry. see someone in real life and ask them about that tweet. Like this is not Twitter. Twitter is a virtual universe, my good sis. You don't run into me at main deck and say, I saw you tweet ABC. Like, no. I don't know. It makes people almost afraid to connect with you like it's 
it's too much like if have you ever noticed that yeah people know too much about you but they don't know you yeah like it's weird and it just creates an environment where people are closed off and don't really know how to interact with you as well um the downside that i was gonna single out about oversharing is that uh, people <laughs> they break bread and have good <laughs> people think everything is spice and tea so mm-hmm. I think the true downside is that there's people somewhere talking about you and giggling. For example, if you, maybe to some people this would be oversharing, if maybe you shared that maybe you'd been sexually assaulted, that is being raped when you were young, or that your partner was physically abusive and you tweet about that. There's people, there's some demented people somewhere breaking bread and sharing tea. Go to people think everything is spice. So the downside is that there's people who rejoice in your downfall or people who think who kaka and he he over aspects of your life that aren't necessarily funny i think that's what i really hate that you don't know who's seeing stuff because someone's gonna screen grab or share via dm and there's people sharing things about you that it's just a no from me hey <laughs> yeah and that's the and I think when, also when you share when you overshare especially on social media is you tend to think you're you're tweeting into the void right but there's mm-hmm. other people who are receiving that and they are talking about it in in different contexts to what you what might have meant it to be. Yeah, and I think with what Bahu says, it also goes both ways because a positive aspect of sharing something like you've been sexually assaulted, um, which may be seen as oversharing, raises awareness against certain people and things like that. Like people that we maybe kiki with at Groove and we didn't know that in actuality, this person is a sexual assaulter or a rapist or whatever. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, obviously, the effect is not the same, but it helps raise awareness and shame them. But men have no shame, sis. I hear you. <laughs> but that gender is shameless. <laughs> yeah, Ms. Walker, this is not this episode. <laughs> Um, okay, so say you've overshared, right? What do you do? Like, is there something to do? We mentioned Hore, on social media, you can delete a tweet or pretend you just never tweeted it. But in a real life context, what do you do after you've overshared or after you felt yourself being overexposed? Okay. I think I think oh. it depends. If you're my friends and maybe. Uh, I open up to you guys about something that makes me feel very vulnerable. And maybe in the moment, like it was a safe space and I wanted to talk about it only then I could come back to you guys and say, Jolie and Amante, I understand that at such and such a time, I opened up about this and this and this, but I only felt comfortable talking about it in that context. I'd appreciate it if uh, you guys didn't bring it up unless I bring it up. And that would mean that I'm, comfortable to again talk about it i think that's a good step to take to realize to first notify the people that you may have overshared and that you are uncomfortable having that conversation or you're uncomfortable with them sharing the said information with anyone else yeah i think i think that's a reasonable thing to do besides beating yourself up about it which is a natural process obviously where you literally bite your tongue and you say let me not tell people my things like that yeah yeah i think it's an easier situation if it's in person because when it's one-on-one or whatever it's easier to just be like 
you know, I had a moment of weakness and I overshared. However, I don't want to discuss this further. It's more simple. I think it's more difficult. And I know we keep coming back to social media, but that's where people overshare quite a bit. It's more difficult when you overshare on social media because it's already out there and not everybody has your back. Even if you come back and say, guys, I'm not overshared, blah, blah, blah. People have taken screenshots. People have comments. People are always going to remember that, maybe associate you with that. So I think in that context, you just have to accept that you overshared this thing, own it, and then you have to decide whether you're going to continue to engage people on it or you're going to ignore. Because people, guys, you can ignore something until it goes away, hey? You can really <laughs> ignore either that or you go away from social media. <laughs> <laughs> Because Twitter, Twitter fingers are fast, hey? Yeah. <laughs> I'm literally <laughs> screaming right now. Because, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Damn. Brene Brown, who's an amazing author and researcher in this particular field of vulnerability, has this to say. You should share with people who have earned the right to your story because it is an honor for them to hold space for you. She says a lot more than this, but for today, the simple statement might be all that you need to begin to navigate this area of interpersonal relationships. I do want to have more conversations in relation to vulnerability in future, but for now, I'm going to leave you with these three tips to help you make space for connection in your life or business without giving away too much of yourself. Number one. If you're still ugly crying about it or you don't have any solutions or perspective, it may be too soon to invite strangers on the internet to have opinions about it. Number two, intimacy of all kinds is consensual. You need to consider how people who receive these personal bombs about you are going to feel or if your relationships are strong enough to handle it. Feeling overexposed is a result of sharing something in you that someone rejects. And lastly, number three. Take the time to actually let people get to know you. And don't rush the process because the former requires you to be vulnerable and trusting of the people that you let in. While the latter will leave you feeling overexposed in unsafe or uncertain spaces. Um, so in your own lives, in your own personal context, what do you think you need to work more on being vulnerable or over, um, or over, uh, oversharing less? And um, I, I, to see. <laughs> <laughs> but in your defense, I think people might think you overshare, but you know, the funny thing about social media is it creates this facade that people know so much about you, but it's literally a, like a percent of your life. It's so weird that because you tweet about certain aspects, people feel like they know so much, so you're oversharing. But in fact, so much happens in your life. Like, for example, Dilly tweeting about work is literally just a fraction of her life and such a small <laughs> fraction. So uh, to, uh, to soothe you, I don't think you overshare as much. You just tweet about certain things and you tweet about them a lot. 
Yeah. <laughs> so do you need so, but to yeah, undershare? Uh, yeah, according to yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is but you know what the thing is with asking people to undershare? Sometimes that's the only platform people have to uh to really? talk. Like yeah. that's the only support system they have. So we can't ask you to shut up if you feel like um the only way to voice out maybe an abuse story is on social media. You can't say, why don't you go to the police or whatever. People create safe spaces for themselves. And once somebody has found a safe space, who am I to say, Amanda, you can't talk about being ABC here. It's oversharing or it's too much information. At the end of the day, only like you at the end of the day decide what's oversharing for you or what's being too vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, and I feel like when it comes to Boaho, I'm going to drag you for fun. I need to be more vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> you need to be more vulnerable. I will try to create that space. I, I felt like in my friendship with Bajo, there is a safe uh-huh. space. But here you go anyway, because this just tells you nothing. You Sometimes you get too used to biting your tongue that even in situations where you perhaps should feel safe like your friends you know we've been friends for like 10 plus years or whatever you should learn to bite your tongue less i understand that's who you are but that shouldn't be who you are all the time like breathe sis chat talk to me i know and i hear you and i totally agree that i think i definitely need to do better in that aspect and i feel like i've changed just this past month i asked Dolly for something and i never ask people for things like that it was literally a last resort measure but i think i'm (laughs) getting i don't know i'm i'm trying to be more vulnerable but the thing is you know i move in a way that i always ask myself that when i'm not on good terms with person a what are they, how are they going to, I don't want to give people ammunition against me because in this life, you never know, guys. Like, we're good friends now, but tomorrow I when we're not friends. I feel like you really, um, you really loosened up over the years, actually. And I Honestly. feel like at now, they is a sense of like you might not necessarily tell me everything but i know that if you did need to talk or if you did need to um be vulnerable in whatever context i feel like we've created a space in each other's lives where we just know that we can just call and it's fine that is absolutely true i might not receive maybe if it's financial help but i always know that i have like emotional support i know that if, like, things are going bad, I'm not embarrassed. I don't have to pretend that I'm happy around you guys. And that's what makes me happy the most, that if I'm having a bad day, a bad week, or even a bad month, I know that I can just text you guys and say that you at school, things are rough. Or say you at work, things are not making sense. Or you in my family, I need to get married and leave this family alone. So yeah. I think at least... What's important is that we've created a space for people to be vulnerable and the opportunity exists. Whether or not people take that opportunity is not something you have control over. All that matters is that be a safe space. Yeah. I think that is the perfect way to end this chat. (laughs) 
thank you so much for joining me you guys like i'm so happy i did this with you guys because immediately when this conversation came to mind i was like these two yes <laughs> we're like polar opposites one overshares one doesn't share anything <laughs> and you're literally the perfect perfect people then, then, no then Amanda's like the perfect in between of us actually she shares enough like we are yeah. all we're like on three different sides of the spectrum Dolly maybe <laughs> sharing too much me sharing nothing and Amanda sharing just enough so we need to all borrow a bit from each other and you know <laughs> So today we have discovered that vulnerability is closely connected to how safe you feel in the spaces that you choose to share in. While we have come to the end of the episode, we have not come to the end of us. Follow the Healing Minutes on Instagram and share with me what you thought about this episode, what you want to hear me talk about, what you took away from it. And honestly, I know this is a tricky thing to navigate because in this day and age we share so consistently the lines are really blurred but my hope is that this can be one of the spaces that you feel safe enough to share in and that we can create a community of people who support you when you share um if you are listening on the anchor app please send in a voice note maybe you can be featured in the next episodes to come and i'm so happy that we're growing our little family i know i wasn't releasing episodes consistently over the past month due to some unforeseen circumstances but yet the listenership grew which goes to show that there is people out there who are still supporting who are still loving who are still needing this content and that makes me super happy and i'm super excited to give it to them But I think that's it for me. I'm talking a little bit too much. So I'm going to tap out right here. Subscribe. We're now available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And I'm super, super excited because I'm back. And I'm looking forward to creating more amazing episodes for you in the weeks to come. Um, Goodbye and have an amazing afternoon. There's this thing that I do at the end of the show where I tell the people that I have on this show why I think they're amazing. So, are you ready to be showered with love? (laughs) Oh my gosh, wait, let me screen record. Let me screen record this. (laughs) Go ahead, Sue. When you're ready (laughs) to boire. Yeah, yeah. Really, really. love and appreciate your personal story so much because I've watched you grow so much over the years to a point where like I get shocked sometimes like I cannot believe the kind of resilience that you show and you really inspire me to pull myself towards myself you truly do because you're so strong but I also want to remind you that you sometimes you don't have to be as strong as you are. And I will be here to catch you if you ever fall. And I'm being super cheesy right now. So I'm going to <laughs> on. I love you, um, Amante. I know, babes. I love you too. Too dirty. <laughs> Please, what can I even 
say like at some point before the tipsy trees podcast happened like we barely saw each other and our friendship was really on the rocks but then the tipsy truth came through and i just feel like i connect with you so much now and even though i don't see you as much anymore because of life circumstances i just want to say that i think you're doing amazing and you might not see it but like you're doing so amazing sweetie thanks dear (laughs) it means a lot and i feel like even though you're so far away like you said our friendship is genuinely growing and i don't know how you don't know how often i say i wish amanda was here like (laughs) absence makes the heart grow fonder what what thing listen i can't wait (laughs) um anyways bye Bye. thank you for having us